Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yo, what's up, listeners? Welcome to another episode of Thinking Outside the Boombox, your number one source for hip-hop and R&B news. My name is Ahmad, and I am your host. Here in the studio today, I have Renea from the Small Victories and Side Notes podcast. What is up? What is going on, everybody? Thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. No problem. We have the fourth installment of our Track by Track series um, we've had some some really cool discussions. Um, somehow, <laughs> most of the albums have been Southern albums. I don't even really know how that happened. It just kind of did. Um, but we talked about To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick. Then we jumped into Better by Deontay Hitchcock, who actually, he just released a live version of that album. So definitely check that out. Uh, it's on YouTube and it's on um, all the streaming services. I was watching it earlier and it's, it's dope. Um, and then we also talked about Spilligion by Spillage Village. And so in this final installment, we're going to be discussing Crit is Here by Big Crit. Um, so this album came out in July of 2019. Um, and I'll just talk a little bit about why I chose this album. Um, so I chose this album because uh, I slept on this album heavy when it dropped in 2019. And I felt guilty about it when the year ended because I'm a I'm a big Crit fan. Like I've been I've been rocking with him ever since I I saw him on the XXL freshman cover back in 2011. Because back then that cover meant a lot more. You know, nowadays it's like I don't even really care about most of the people that's on the cover. But like back in like 2010, from like 2010 to 2017, I was religiously looking at that cover to find new artists. Uh, music to listen to and so crit was on the the cover in 2011 with like kendrick and like yg and people like that and so i started listening to all his music i became a fan and i've liked pretty much all of the albums that he's dropped um since he's been in the game so i felt guilty uh because i only i saved a few songs from crit is here to my playlist and then i didn't really give it you know the time of day for the rest of the year i didn't really go back to it that often so when I had the opportunity to choose a, an album from uh, the last decade, I was like, all right, let me, let me choose Crit Is Here. I can, I can jump into it, give all the songs the time of day, see what I actually think about the album as a whole. Um, so what, what was your um, like relation to Crit Is Here? Had you heard it before I chose it? So this album, uh, I hadn't heard the whole thing, but I had heard the Prove It with J. Cole mm-hmm. a while back. And then I got a homie from Florida, shout out to my homie Kemp, who really uh, bumps Kemp or Big Crit a lot. But I don't know if I remember hearing anything from this album 
but I definitely heard some uh, some other songs from Forever is a Mighty Long Time. Yeah, yeah. That's probably, it's it's tough. I really like that one, and I really like Catalactica, which I think was the album right before Forever is a Mighty Long Time. Um, those two are my favorites of his, um, and I don't know if I can pick a favorite right now, but those are definitely the top two. Um all right, so let's let's get into it. We can start with the with the first track. We're gonna do a track by track analysis of this very long album. Although he did throw a few skits in there, so it makes it easy for some of the tracks to get through them. <laughs> yeah, for real. Sixteen um, tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the first one, crit here, um, was the intro. Um, we've talked a lot about intros in this series alone because I feel like on every single album that we've discussed everybody came hard with like a nice intro like you had I think Kendrick's was Wesley's Theory, Deontay had I Remember, um, Spilligion I think they had a skit for their first one but I think the first song was Baptized like all three of those albums came hard with the intro setting the tone for the album Um, and I think I think Crit did the same thing here it's a dope intro Um, it's got the gospel sample the horns the drums, his delivery is very upbeat. Like it's, it sounds triumphant. Like it sounds like he's taking a victory lap. Um, like he's he's finally arrived in the game and he's just like kind of celebrating like how dope he is. Um, so I really like this intro. What'd you think about it? But it's everything that you just said is literally everything I had, uh, everything I had written down. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, he's coming into this as a first time listener. It seems like you know, he's, he's kind of talking on his winners, his winner shit. You know, let me talk yeah. my shit real quick. I'm coming through letting y'all know I'm taking my glory round. Yep. So exactly. it was, it was a dope intro. Honestly, I, I really liked it. Yeah. And I, um, you know, he, I don't know when the last time he had released a song before this one, but I feel like it had been a, a minute, um, since we had gotten anything from crit. So hearing this first song jump right in, you're like, okay, like crit, is an incredible MC and he's, he's underrated at it. Like personally, I think um, he has the ability, like the, the technical rapping ability up there with like Cole and Kendrick and they kind of came up around the same time, but I've always like equated him in that category with them. Cause I feel like he's just as good. And so he definitely starts off spitting that way. And so it's, it's good to see him leaning into that on the first track. Oh yeah. He came into it with, like you said, just hot and heavy. And really, I don't think he ever took a dip out of it, like throughout the 16 tracks. Yes, I agree. It was a really consistent performance, especially for somebody like me, who's, this is my first time, like actually uh, listening to your Mm -hmm. stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. I know what I'm getting here. Yep. Yep. So that leads us right into the the second track, which is actually an interlude called High End Country. Um, it was voiced by Chico Bean and Carlos Miller. Have you heard of those two? I have not heard of those two. So they um, uh, Wild and Out, you know, the, the show Wild and Out that Nick Cannon oh, hosts? Yeah. yeah. So I, I only know of them because of that show. I'm sure they do other stuff besides that. I'm, they're probably like comedians on the side and stuff like that. But they were both um, kind of like hardcore members of the Wild and Out cast. Like they've been on there for a long time even when they started switching out like a bunch of the, the cast members, like they, they stuck around for a while. So there's some funny dudes. They're two of the funniest ones on the show. Um, and so it was kind of cool to see crit um, have them come through with the skit on this one. Um, they're just, I, if I remember correctly, they're just kind of um, talking about how they're like waiting for crit's new album. Yeah. <laughs> and like joking about like, who's going to get it first and stuff like that. So it was a, it was a nice um, uh, I, like comic relief. I kind of I kind of wish that he had put that first, like if that was the way you started the album, because he kind of ended the album with them too. Like if he had just started with that intro and then jumped into Crit here, I feel like it would have made more sense. But yeah, I, I get what you mean because it kind of was a little bit out of place. Yeah, just in the way he set it up initially. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess I guess he wanted to catch you with that opener, you know, that right hook real quick. And then he's yeah. like, OK, cool. You've been waiting because I, I don't I personally don't know the amount of time it took between this album and whatever came before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it just sounds like people people been waiting for him to come through all his uh, hardcore fans. Yeah. So I know forever is a mighty long time was 2017. Um, but I feel like he released like an EP or something 
maybe earlier in the year. Um, but it, it, you know, it had been a minute since we got a full solo from, from him for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I like that he continuously uses skits in his albums. He's been doing that for a while. They're always very funny. Most of the time he voices like a lot of the people in the skits. Um, yeah. And I think, I don't, I don't know if he appears in one of the ones later, but, um, he relied a lot more on the comedians to, to do it on this one, similar to, uh, uh, Spilligion did or Spillage Village did on their album. Cause they had those two comedians from Atlanta on their album. So a lot of, um, uh, whatchamacallit constant threads between the different albums. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, it kind of seems like they all follow the same format, but in their own way. Yeah, it's very interesting how they're all kind of from the same area and they yep. follow, you know, that same the same structure. So I wonder if like people like Outkast obviously uh, influence them to do mm-hmm. things like that, things like that, because that's what they've grown up on. But skits really have been around for a very long time, like CDs, CD player music. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of people don't do it too much often or their skits are trash and you skip them. So it's mm-hmm. it's always refreshing when you get some good ones. Yeah, and I, I feel like you really gotta be you gotta be really creative to pull off a good skit. And I and honestly, I feel like a lot of the artists in the game right now, you know, especially the the ones that are like most popular, they focus more so on, you know, getting them streaming numbers or they just don't care enough about skits and they just wanna focus on the music. Um, but like when done correctly, I feel like it can, you know, kind of tie your album together if you if you do it the right way. So you know, I respect Crit for for sticking to that, as well as uh, Spillage Village, and I think you know Deontay had a couple skits on his too. So yeah, he did. He you're did. right. I think it, it it might be a a southern connection going on there, where they, you know, they've seen the the OGs do it, and so they're they're trying to follow in their footsteps. Most definitely, it definitely worked out for him. Uh, I don't really have a skit that that wasn't like bad on this album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes you get those ones like I said where it's like what is going on here and you immediately skip it <laughs> yeah exactly uh, so coming off of the theme of the skit about how they were waiting for his album he jumps right into the song I've been waiting um, what did you what did you think about that song so this song uh, it wasn't something I necessarily liked just for like uh, playback purposes mm-hmm. but I could respect like his wordplay uh, and the lyricism he was bringing like right off the bat. So we, we come off of the, the first song where it's triumphant. You know, he's talking shit a little bit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, now I'm going to give you what you came here for. Exactly. Uh, so for me, my first time listening to this, I'm like, okay, all right, this is a dude I never heard before. He's clearly, he's he's got that that thing to him, like you said, about J. Cole, the Kendricks. Oh, sorry, you cut out toward the end. What'd you say? Uh, he's got that thing to him about like with the J. Coles and the Kendricks, that wordplay, that lyricism. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I um, I definitely agree with you. Um, something about this song like didn't really like hit for me all the way. Like I can I recognize that like the beat is hard and like crit is flowing like smoothly over it to the point that it, it seems effortless. Like he's he's flowing so smoothly that it, it almost seems like he's, he doesn't he's not trying but I feel like a lot of the songs on this album were like this to me where it's like they're good I know that they're good and Crit is like rapping his ass off but like they're not different enough to like stand out for me like I feel like his last two to three albums at least featured a lot of songs that seemed like only Big Crit could make these songs like this is this is his lane he does this the best and they stood out, but I feel like there were a number of songs on this one that like weren't bad songs, but just like they weren't different enough from what I've heard other people do for them to stand out for me as like a, this is a hot track. You know what I mean? I do. And I'm so glad you said that this early because I was going <laughs> to save it to the end. Cause I didn't want to seem like I was out here not giving it a chance. So I've played this album at least five or six times, mm-hmm. maybe even more just trying to find that one song where I'm like, Yes, this is it for me. Like uh-huh. everything, everything is great and it's respectable, you know, and it has, he's got great production. Like that's one thing that really stood out to me was his production and yes. his lyricism. But none of these tracks were like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta hear that again. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like there might've been some cool ones that I could listen to here and there. Like uh, I forgot the name of it, but it will come up on it soon. Okay. But um, the Forever is a Mighty Long Time. I went back and I listened to that one after listening to this album. And there's a bunch of songs on there that I have that have replay value for me. Absolutely. That really stand out to me. 
So I'm just like, hmm, I don't really know. I don't know what happened here. But at the same time, it's conflicting because it's like, okay, this is still a solid project. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, doing the re-listens, you know, over the past couple of weeks, I'm like, okay, I think I, even though it wasn't like a conscious decision that I made back in 2019 to like not go back to this album a lot, it's like, but now I think I understand why I didn't because like, it's good, but like, it didn't hit hard enough for me to be like, oh, Crit is here. I need to go back and listen to tracks on that album. Um, and so, yeah, I think songs like I've been waiting definitely uh, kind of reminded me of that. It's like, this is good, but like, you know, I've, there are other songs that like really do it for me and this one wasn't it. Definitely. That's, that's exactly how I felt the whole, the whole time. And I was like, yeah, I gotta give, I gotta give the South a chance. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I don't want to come out here heavy swinging, you know what I'm saying? But I, I just, I don't know. It didn't have a lot of replay value, but yeah. like I said, the production, if we're basing this off the production alone, amazing i could listen to like some of these songs with just instrumentals no verses absolutely absolutely so then the next one is make it easy so this actually i think starts a stretch of the album that is probably my favorite part of the album i would say make it easy through obvious so track let's see four through seven i think it's probably those are probably my my, my favorite like stretch of the album. Um, something about each of those songs just really did it for me. Um, the beat for Make It Easy is very soulful. It kind of reminds me of this producer from North Carolina. His name is Ninth Wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, he's huge on like soul samples. Um, and like his production is just so recognizable when you hear it. And this, um, this song definitely made me think of Ninth Wonder's production, and I love Ninth Wonder's production. is It's so soulful, and like you, you can li- literally listen to just like his beat tapes, um, and that that's all you need. You don't need no, any any lyrics. It's just it's that good, and so I like that Crit was rapping on you know some production that was reminiscent of that. Um, he was rapping crazy, like his flow was insane. The rhyme schemes he was he was hitting, like especially on the last last verse, was really tight. Um, what'd you think about this one? So again, we're right here on the same page. We're like eye to eye. I really <laughs> like the hook. Yeah. Like I really, I really like the hook. And I said the same thing. The delivery, it's dope. Uh, the beat is dope. It's, it's easy going and it's simple. You know, it's nothing too crazy. And you just vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And and he's still talking his shit on on the song. So it's like okay, cool. So now I got good, got a good beat. I got a good hook. The delivery's dope. The rhyme's dope. Great. I'm in there. You know, I can vibe to this. I can work out to this, drive in the car to this, chill, do whatever I need to do. And I'm straight. Yeah, absolutely. And this is, um, this is definitely one of the songs I saved back when this album first came out. Um, there, there are some songs that just click like as soon as, as soon as you hear them. And those are usually the ones that immediately get added to my playlist for the year. And so this one, as soon as I heard it, I was like, yeah, this is tight. I got to add this one to the playlist. Um, so then he jumps into Addiction, which features uh, Saweetie and Lil Wayne. Um, I would say this is probably, even though I think it was the third single he released for this album, I would say this is the most radio-friendly song on the album. Um, what'd you think of this one? I I could see that. Uh, so I actually didn't know Saweetie was on here. So I hear a lot about her. I really Mm got to do my research on some of these female rappers because I don't, I don't listen to them too much. Mm -hmm. Um, but I really thought the song was good for what it was supposed to be, which is like you said, his radio hit. It was yep. catchy. Uh, it's a good song for the club. I don't ever go to the club. I think I've been in the club like once. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> um, but the appeal to the female fan base is there, you know, and it's a fitting song. It's, you know how, you know how Wayne raps, you know, yep. his lyrics and you know what you're going to get from that. Mm-hmm. So this song obviously fit the bill for Wayne to hop on. You know, you get a Wayne feature. You're pretty much in there if you play it right. Yep. So it was it was good for what it was supposed to be the radio hit and I didn't I didn't mind it I don't go back and play it often but I know that it served its purpose. Yeah, and so th- this song there are some songs that I recognize like when you when you just know like okay this is the radio hit yeah. and it's catchy for a reason but then there are some of those where it's like you know that it's not like the best song but it still it, it's so catchy that it just it gets it gets into your brain and you just listen to it over and over again. That was a song for me. Like 
<laughs> I don't know what it is about this song, but I love this song. I think it's I think it's the beat first off, because the beat is just so slick. Like I it's like the vocal samples and like something about like the the bass line. It's just it's such a dope song. And Saweetie, um, I didn't know much about her uh when this song came out. And she wasn't as big of a star, I think, in 2019 as she is now. No, um, I don't think so. But I think her contributions to this were, you know, were in her lane and it's it's what the song needed. Um, this song was produced by uh, the dude named Rico Love, who's actually collaborated with Big Crit a bunch of times before. Like um, one of my favorite songs from Catalactica was a song called Attention or maybe it's Pay Attention, I can't remember. But Rico Love is featured on it because he sings. Um, and I think he's actually featured in a song on this album, but he actually decided to produce a few tracks on this album. So this is one of them. And like, I don't know if he like was just starting out as producing or if he's always been doing it, but he killed this beat. Like I really loved it. And, you know, Wayne did what Wayne does. Um, he can still dominate a feature. And I think that Crit held his own against Wayne. Like his, his verse was good too. So yeah, something about this song just like stuck with me. And so I always play it. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta really get into like producers this year. So I've I've heard Rico Love before. He did he ever drop like his own projects? Like he probably did. He I probably think so, did. Because like during this like 2019 time, I think I've I've heard him before, like on his own tracks. Okay. Um. So I really gotta get into producers because like I've heard a Ninth Wonder, uh, from like listening to like Drake and and other mm -hmm. people and Kanye and other people like that. Uh, but I do want to say the beginning, like the chorus of this song, it almost threw me. Like it almost made me hit skip. <laughs> For the same reason, like that Deontay Hitchcock song. Oh, for gotcha, that same yeah. reason, because it's just like, okay, <laughs> I don't know what's going on here, but you know, knowing what we know now and and trying to give give these songs a chance, especially from whenever he hit us back on Twitter, I'm like, okay, let me try to understand the purpose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that yeah, we got going on here. And and honestly, I think if if Saweetie had done more than just the hook like if she had like her own like inner or like bridge or like verse it would have threw the song completely off like I think what she added that exact amount is what it needed and then everything else was good but yeah I definitely know what you mean <laughs> For real. um let's see so then addiction transitions into energy um I think this might be my favorite song off the album um, I think I'm pretty sure this song made it to my like top 50 songs list at the end of uh, 2019. Um, that Jill Scott sample, it samples Jill Scott's song, He Loves Me. And the, the sample is executed so well. Let me see who produced this. Oh, uh, Rico Love, of course. <laughs> so he's, he's two for two for me um, as far as the production goes. But the way they took you know a slow sensual song like that that jill scott song and they kind of flipped it gave it a whole new energy no pun intended um <laughs> sped up her voice changed the pitch like it the the beat i think made this like made the song like it was the foundation it was kind of like dictating where the energy of the song went and then crit just kind of like went with the beat like i wouldn't be surprised um if he just like heard this beat immediately started writing and had something down within like a few minutes. Like, I feel like the energy, I keep saying energy, <laughs> the energy that it, it gave off probably made it easy for him to do what he did because he had a great delivery. He switched his flows up so many times. Like I, I really liked this song. What'd you think? I was going to say the same thing. I can't decide if it's my favorite song, but it's definitely one of the songs that I like downloaded okay. and I was listening to it in my rotation. So at this point, when I got to the album on my first few listens, I was like, okay, his production team is <laughs> amazing. <laughs> like, and, and it's interesting that I said that because now that you keep pointing out, you know, different producers, I'm like, okay, so I see who his team is now. These, yeah. people, are, these people are dope. So that led me to believe. So was this the single? I don't know if you said that already. Uh, no, he didn't even release this as a single. See, now if it was, I was like, I don't, I don't see why it couldn't be because it's, it's dope. It's high energy. It gets you going. This could have been yep. something for like NBA playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like it, it has that feel of like it's on NBA 2K and things are getting crazy. Mm -hmm. So I, I enjoyed it. The next song is actually my favorite song. I think. Ah, okay. So that's a good, that's a good segue. Yeah. It transitions right into obvious, which features Rico love yep. um, on the vocals. So what, what'd you like about this one? 
I really think it was the vocals. Okay. The hook, the hook really did it for me. Um, and then it's like the melody. Like this song is so chill. And again, it could have been his single if it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it's also one of those songs that you just relate to. Yeah, completely agree. I think the very first time I heard this, I was like, yo, this sounds like something Drake would have put out in like yeah. 2009. Like if this song like was on So Far Gone, and Drake was doing it like it would have fit like directly in with that with that style like it, it sound it almost sounds like it samples like one of the songs from so far gone um that I like had to look into it and I was like wow it doesn't it just really sounds like a 2009 Drake song um Rico Love he's got great vocals he killed it and like his chemistry with Big Crit um always sounds good um like I said he was he was featured on one of the best songs from his Catalactica album too. So they've been working together for a while. Um, and something about Big Crit's like Southern drawl actually like makes these songs sound even better for me. Like I, I think about like if Big Crit didn't have that accent, that like heavy like accent, Southern accent, if the songs would sound as good. And in some cases it's like, yeah, they would. But then in others, it's like, I don't think so. Like I think the his voice just really makes some of these songs you know what i mean yeah and i see what you mean it's it's like it gives it its own its own little flair yeah know, like yeah apart and you know it could set them apart good or it could set them apart you know not so good in some other songs but exactly and yeah, I, it I definitely it doesn't put me off me right personally. right and you know i don't know i don't know a lot of rappers popular rappers who have made it from mississippi so like it it really makes his music unique in that way in that like from from the music that I listen to I don't really hear a lot of people that sound like Big Crit. So the fact that he can do that and he's also just like one of the dopest rappers out like really makes his music stand out. Oh for sure. I definitely can't name anybody that that be rapping from Mississippi. Right. Um but if I did they'd have to live up to to his his essence <laughs> yeah yeah he's definitely set the bar um so then that so that ends like my favorite stretch of the album like it was make it easy through obvious so then the next song is i made which features somebody named yellow Beezy, who i never really heard of before i feel like i did from like i don't know if you ever heard of a website called live mixtapes.com oh yeah yeah i feel like that's where i've heard them before because i used to hop okay. on there i think that's probably where i found this album too when it came out okay um, but yeah, I've never like willingly went out and been like, yo, I got to go listen to that Yellow Beezy, whoever it is, you know, most respect to you. <laughs> right, I, right. I, I don't I don't know <laughs> who you are. He might be more underground, especially if he's putting out a lot of stuff on live mixtape. So that I might not have it might have been past the time where I was getting a lot of music from there. Um, This song, like I liked it and it's there. there aren't a lot of songs on here that I don't like in the in the way that like I think it's a bad song. But like this song didn't sound like Big Crit to me. Like it, like it didn't sound like a song that he would make. Ironically, it sounded like something that would have been on Deontay Hitchcock's album. Actually, like the mm-hmm. flow that he was using, like it sounded, it sounded like something that he would have made. Like it didn't sound different enough from some of the songs at the beginning of the album. And I feel like this album was a little long, and it it could have lost a few songs. And I probably would have put this one on that list. What do you think about this? I 100% agree with you. So in my notes, I literally put my least favorite. <laughs> the beat's cool, uh-huh. I think. I, and then I just said something about it makes me skip it. So yeah, <laughs> I, don't know, yeah. I don't know what it is. It just makes me skip the song. We already <laughs> talked about being about Yellow Beezy. Shout out to who you, whoever you are, but I don't know you. Maybe I'll go check out some of some of their uh, stuff. But yeah, yeah it's, just not, it's my least favorite song. It just didn't do it for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't, so I actually forgot this note. So I, I was going to mention that like his past albums, I felt all had like, I, not maybe like on purpose, but they seemed like they had a theme and that they fulfilled a different purpose in Crit's career. So his, he put out a lot, a lot of mixtapes before he released his first solo, but his first solo was called Live from the Underground. And I thought that that album brought like his Southern underground sound to the forefront. Um, You know, he had been on the XSL cover at that time. He was getting a lot more recognition. And I felt like he took the sound that he was perfecting and brought it to the, to the mainstream, you could say. 
And then Catalactica seemed to be more musical. There was a lot more melody, more soulful songs. And then Forever is a Mighty Long Time was more conceptual. Like that was a double disc album. Um, it was more personal. Like he talked about like a lot of like personal issues he had. And so it felt like like all of those albums fulfilled a certain like like kind of like checked off a box for his career. And this album, it, it could be good or bad. Like it's like it was more of a combination of all of those styles, but at the same time, it didn't like check one box. Like it didn't. I don't know. It's like it's missing something to make it as good as his last work. And I think songs like like I've been waiting and I made it are those reasons. Like they're just it's just something that's not clicking with with some of those songs and not that they're bad. They're just, you know, it's, it's like it's it. missing something. Yeah, yeah, it's just not it. Yeah. Yeah. And I completely agree. Because like I said, I was I was going through this album. I was trying to I was trying to keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, man, I'm looking for that, like that one thing that makes me come back to this. And like I said, I, I ventured off and I went back to Forever is a Mighty Long Time. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, if this sound and these lyrics are what, you know, we got on on Critis here, then I would have been all in for it. So, like, yeah. I remember downloading uh, Higher Calling with featuring Jill Scott from that album. Yep. Loved it. Played it so many times. Uh, downloaded Price of Fame. Loved uh. it. Played it so many times. And it's really weird and conflicting. Let me say this again, conflicting because it's like <laughs> this Critics Here album. I love the production. I really do. But I don't know. It's just missing something. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's weird because, you know, you hear about, I mean, for people who might not know a lot about Crit, I feel like one of the things you do here is how good of a lyricist he is. Um, he usually produces a lot of his own music. So I was intrigued to see that um I don't even think one song has him featured as like the main producer so I thought that was interesting because it's like well he always produces at least like four or five tracks on his own so it's just like maybe because he was just like taking a victory lap on this album or he didn't have like a a set theme or concept like his last one that he might have been playing it safe um maybe it's because he didn't like produce any of the tracks himself but like it's there's definitely something different about this album compared to his last ones um and you you can definitely tell that in the music oh yeah for sure like i said this is my first time really listening and i can notice that like right off the bat yep and i didn't have to go i only went back one album (laughs) right um so then so then he transitioned into every time which features baby rose um baby rose was probably one of my favorite discoveries from 2019 her voice is so unique and it's so good. Um, she's a she's a young artist. I think she might be like 25 or something like that. Uh, so I was excited to see them team up on this song. Um, this song was good. I really liked it. I think Baby Rose's voice kind of gives the song like a nice soothing energy. And then Crit kind of meets her at that energy. Like I kind of like the way that each of his verses incorporated like sports references and they kind of, you know, like worked with like his motivations for why he does what he does. Yeah. Um, I like the keys, like the piano keys that were kind of just like leading the melody. They kind of were just like twinkling in and out. It was it was a really good, solid production. And I think uh, Crit and Baby Rose like worked well with each other. I agree completely. Uh, like you said, Baby Rose has like this this interesting, unique sound to her voice. It kind of reminds me of Billie Holiday. Oh, yeah. So when I was listening to that, I was like, okay, that's dope. And then, uh, like you said, some of the, the lyricism he showed, the metaphors, mm-hmm. there's a lot of them. And that just let me know like what kind of rapper he is. Like when you can use your metaphors and they make sense. Yeah. You know, it's nothing ra- random and it fits, you know, the the vibe and the song you're trying to go for. So I, I enjoyed this song, me personally. Yeah, yeah. And um, I feel like... I feel like we've gotten into an, an age of hip hop where like metaphors are kind of being overused in a lot of ways. Like I forget what the, there was a, there was a term for it, but like, it was, it was like these like punchline metaphors that like yeah. people were doing a lot. And I feel like Lil Wayne does this a lot where like nothing against Lil Wayne. I do really like him. And I think he has been one of the the greatest MCs, you know, back in his heyday. 
but a lot of times now he uses metaphors that don't really make sense with his with like what he's talking about he just throws metaphors out there to say them to kind of almost like look how clever I am at crafting this metaphor but it's like but did you really say anything (laughs) yeah you know what I mean Kanye kind of does the same thing sometimes yeah you're right you're right and he's uh he's fallen out of favor with me a lot over the past few years yes (laughs) um but yeah so so it's nice to see a an, a rapper and an artist who can actually use a metaphor and like, oh, this makes sense. Like, I, I get what you're trying to say with this. You're not just like putting some homonyms against each other to try and like get homonyms. me to understand something. <laughs> My man's out here, homonyms. I ain't heard that in a minute. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't said that word in years. I don't even know where Ooh. it came from. <laughs> wow. It's a cool system. I like it. You it's it's in there. It's ingrained. You know what I mean? For real. <laughs> That song, um, that song transfers right into uh, Believe. Yep. And one thing I wrote down, the first thing I wrote down was like a gritty beat. Mm-hmm. Beats very gritty. Again, the delivery, great. Uh, I like the lyrics, me personally. Uh, I felt they were very uplifting and powerful. Mm-hmm. I and, completely agree. And I really liked the way he like uh, had a bar with Nip. It takes a believer to know how he ended it at, at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was kind of like a mic drop moment for me. So he shots out Nip, and then he's like, it takes a believer to know, and then he, he ends it like that. And I'm like, okay, that's dope. Fuck with yeah. that. He just left the studio. I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. He was like, all right, just uh, mix that up. I'm done. <laughs> um, I, I, I do really like how um, a lot of the artists have been showing love to Nip, you know, since he passed. Like, you you know that it's it's an artist that truly touch people where you know like they they keep mentioning him you know after he passed you know what I mean like he keeps showing up in songs because like of how how his death affected people and so yeah I always always do enjoy hearing a, a Nipsey Hussle reference um in songs nowadays um this song Believe uh Rico Love produced this one as well okay he's out um, here in his bag yeah three for three I think this was yeah so this is the last one that he produced um, but yeah, he he definitely killed every song he produced. Um, Crit is really good at making inspirational songs. Um, this one definitely was like aimed at uplifting Black people, delivering social commentary about how Black people are treated in society. Um, his flow is passionate. And when he gets to the hook, like he, he really makes you feel it. Um, and I think the production also really helps to like portray the passion that he's he's laying down. So shout out to Rico Love for another dope one. And yeah, I, I like this one. I think I think this made my playlist last or a couple years ago as well. Yeah, I did I download this? I didn't, but I would if I did. Mm-hmm. I gotta get real selective with my space on my phone right now. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do some spring cleaning. <laughs> I feel you. And and some songs like this, like you really got to be in the mood to, to listen to. Like it's, it's a different type of vibe. You know what I mean? So you really got to like this. is This is the one that you can just like throw in the playlist and it'll come on after some Gucci. Like it, it completely oh. changes the mood, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. So then uh, this transition right into Prove It featuring J. Cole. I, I don't know if they've collabed many times in the past. I think they have, but it's maybe one or two times. So I was very excited to see that that Crit got a Cole verse. I think this was around the time where Cole was giving out verses to like, it almost seemed anybody that asked, to be honest. Like if you saw his Instagram post from uh, maybe a few weeks ago where he was like, had his check, his career checklist. Yeah. um, He had features on there so it was clearly like a like an on purpose like okay you know I've been closing myself off to the game for a while um doing my own thing going platinum without features but now it's time for me to like give back um and so I I would imagine that this was was in that span um where he gave Crit this feature what would you think about this one I know you're a huge Cole fan so did this one do it for you yeah huge Cole fan um I will say initially, I think it went over my head. So mm-hmm. like like you said, Cole was doing all his features. And I'm so glad Cole gave some people features because we got a lot of great verses from Cole oh, with yeah. those features. Like a lot. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think I caught this one on, on livemixtapes.com, like I said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it went over my head initially because I'm like, okay, this is a different Cole flow. 
Like, yep. I, I haven't heard this flow from him before. And I've never heard this artist, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, eh, okay. Mm-hmm. But upon listening to it a, a few more times here now for the pod, uh, great production, like I already knew, but like great production on the song. Like I could listen to this song without their verses and I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. And, and the message is clear, you know what I mean? And I've already said that this, this verse Cole came through with something like a different flow. Mm-hmm. It almost felt like Cole changed up his flow so he could try and match what 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 Crit was bringing to the Completely table. agree. Yep. You know, it's really fast paced, and I've never heard this Felicia character from Cole in a song before, so I don't know if if my Cole isn't to where it needs to be, or if this was like one of the few times he ever mentioned uh, for somebody named Felicia. Yeah. So I um I looked into this, and like she's apparently she's definitely a real person, um who like. I guess in his early years was just like showing up at all of his shows, like a devoted, devoted fan. Um, And so he decided, so I think she, she came down with something. I don't know like what kind of disease it was. I don't remember. Um, And so I think he, he saw it on the timeline or something. And so that's why he he said, I scrolled through my timeline and saw something. I think he said that made me sick or something like that. Yeah. And so it's just so dope that, you know, he decided like, you know, she been, she been a day one for real. So I'm about to make a verse about her. Um, And he also connected that to the fact that like somebody put him onto crit. Yeah. And so, you know, he's, you know, been listening to crit you know back since you know crit was um just getting into the game and then the way he just like easily transitioned that to talking about one of his day one fans it's like man cole is <laughs> he's really unique like you don't really hear verses like that and i do agree that i think he was um kind of rapping to match crit because yeah i've only ever heard him rap fast like that when he was like on a song with jid because jid Jig could probably, he was probably pushing the limits for Cole. Cole was like, ooh, I need to, I need to step it up. <laughs> yeah, for real. I'm about to say to, and the same thing you said, uh, where he put his friend on the crit. Mm-hmm. And then Cole said he put his friend on the Kendrick. So I was like, okay, there it's like full circle. Yeah. In this, yep. in this verse, you know what I mean? It's, it's yep. dope. And it and it's still something you could bop to. Like you said, I don't know how many people could come on a verse and just casually talk. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then dip out. <laughs> yep. And um, and I, I honestly, I honestly think that I, I don't remember much about Chris verse because Cole's was that good. Like I think Cole, he yeah. he was the MVP of that song for sure. Yeah, he came through and swooped it up. Yep. <laughs> and this song, so this was produced by. I, I hope I'm pronouncing this right because there's a lot of like vowels missing from this dude's name. <laughs> <laughs> but his name is I think Wolf DeMichaels. Um. He's also featured on a song later in the album called High Beams. Um, but he produces three songs on the on the album. So um yeah, I agree. The production on this was very good. Um and he produces the next song as well. Uh so we can jump to that one. Family Matters. What'd you think about that one? So Family Matters, I thought the beat was slow and, and a little unorthodox. Uh-huh. But it works for what it's okay. for what the song is, is trying to translate. So I found it to be a relatable song, you know what I mean? Yeah. You hold you hold down, your girl holds you down, you know, you repair if you come up, got it. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think I downloaded it, but you know, upon playing it a few times, if it came on, I would just let it play because I was like, okay, cool, I can I can rock with this. Still unorthodox, but I can rock with it. Yeah, this this was another song where I was like, okay, this is decent. I like the production. Um, it didn't like particularly move me in any way um it kind of like it's like one of those vibes or like if you were listening to the album and you were doing something else like it would kind of yeah. play and it would just be in the background and the next thing you know the next song is on it's like oh i missed that whole song um and i and there was there was a few songs in this last like third of the album that were kind of mm-hmm. like that for me yeah i was getting ready to say this <laughs> last half of the album is kind of like eh. yeah there's like a few where it's like oh okay that one's good but like for the most part like when i first started re-listening to this and I got to like, uh, probably right after Prove It. So this song, Onward, I was like, ah, I get it. This is, I understand why I didn't come back to this album as much as his other ones. Because like the last third of the album is what you end on. So if I wasn't really messing with that, then there's no way I'm going to like be thinking about this album to come back to. So it all kind of clicked into place for, for me when I started listening to the, the rest of it. Um. So this transitioned into another interlude called Blue Flame. Um, 
Crit is always doing skits that like are like ads. Um, he had, oh, I don't remember which album, but he had another album where he did skits where it was like a radio station type thing. And this kind of seemed like somebody was doing an ad for a strip club on a radio station. It was really funny and it certainly leads into the next song. But like, you got anything particular about this uh, interlude? Uh, the only thing I got is that it reminded me of uh, ATL, the movie with the guy. Oh, yeah. Kind of gave me that vibe. Yeah, I you guess the skating uh, rink vibe. I don't know. Yeah, and I feel like you said you said that about you mentioned ATL the movie when we were talking about another album too. I think it might have been Deontay's it, album. I was about to say it probably was his. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really you said he uh, he reminded you of one of the characters. That's what it was. Yeah, he reminded me of Teddy from ATL. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely get what you mean, and um, I like that it. I like that his interludes usually transitioned to a song because some people will do interludes and then. Something even though they might have like the theme of the album in there like it's rare that you get ones that transition directly to the next song so crit's old school like that <laughs> yeah he is i will say i'm looking at it right now i just typed it up real quick uh he produced that interlude oh really yeah okay okay so all right songs maybe but <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> um and so then blue flame the song or blue flame ballet actually um what'd you think of that one so i was a little confused why he called it blue flame ballet like i i, I don't know why it's called the ballet but uh <laughs> i like the singer or at least the singer or the voice whoever's doing the chorus i, I did like that it's, oh it's yeah dope, you know it kind of so my backstory my wife got me a record player for uh christmas oh okay got me uh awaken my love for the the record nice so as i'm listening to this i kind of get this childish gambino waking my love vibe uh-huh um and as he's as he's talking about this uh ballet you know i can kind of i kind of feel feel torn because i like what he i like what he did with the hook but i almost feel like the song is kind of random mm. see i think it's it's the opposite for me um so the hook is is somebody named roland anderson i've never heard of them they, it might just be somebody that he knows maybe somebody local um but like the the hook was kind of throwing me off i didn't necessarily i didn't like hate it um but it was just throwing me off with the song but i, I actually i really liked uh the way crit was flowing on this song especially the second verse um blue flame as i found out um from like looking into it because I didn't know what it was either is a strip club a famous strip club in Atlanta um and so he was kind of like comparing the work that the stripper was doing to like a ballerina like saying that like it was just as like majestic and stuff like that and so I kind of liked that sentiment um and how he approached it um especially in his second verse because actually let me pull it up because he started there was some stuff he was saying like he was like when you tippy toe you far from tip drill you got skills yeah I thought that you'd be ratchet but you classic with your stance when you steal why you here I'm just saying you might want to go on dancing with the stars and sign a deal you would kill like that whole part and the way he was delivering it I was like okay I, I actually like this I fuck with this um well so what was it about like the the verses that you didn't really like I don't know if it's because I, I was trying to figure out I guess the meaning helps, mm-hmm. like where he was trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Like with the, with the sentiments, because at first when I'm listening to it, I'm like, okay, we we go from the interlude straight into this, and then I'm listening to the the hook, and I'm like, okay, the hook's not bad. I like the beat, I like the singer, and then I'm listening to the lyrics, and I'm just like, okay, but where where are we going with this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So I guess I guess that's that's what threw me off because I'm like, in terms of, you know, his whole album is supposed to be triumphant. I'm like, okay, what does this one song have to do with that? That's real. It did. Um, the vibe was definitely completely different from a lot of what he was given the whole, the whole album, and it it almost seems like he just wanted to like have some fun real quick. Yeah, or I was something gonna say like get that. on, yeah. get on, and have some fun. <laughs> yeah, respect. But yeah, it was random. Like yeah. right in the right in this in the second half of the album, which is kind of where we talked about. It takes that like weird slide. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that. Um, so then that one goes into Learn from Texas, which actually, let me see. Yeah, this was the first single that he released for the album. He released it a couple weeks before the album came out. Um, I love I love how Crit reps Mississippi hard, 
but he also shows love to many of the other southern cities and states like Atlanta, Texas. Like he he reps Mississippi, but he's definitely a big representative of the South in general. Um, and not only did he just like shout out Texas, but the production and the delivery of this song sounded just like the chopped and screwed music that will come out of Houston, like yep. DJ Screw, UGK. Um, so I like this song because it was a nice way to pay homage. And it's, you know, not the first time he's made a Southern song like this. Um, but yeah, I, I like this one. What about you? Yeah, I had the exact same, uh, the exact same reaction. I like the, the chopped and screwed sound. Mm-hmm. And, and normally, you know, don't hate me out there, people. Normally, <laughs> I really can't get down with that chopped and screwed sound. Like something about it usually is just like not it for me. And uh-huh. it makes me so mad because I'm like, yo, I really want to like this. <laughs> I really want to keep listening to it, but I just can't. But this song did it for me. Um, and I think for me, I got to take the chopped and screwed sound in like bits and pieces. Like I need that. Uh, I need regular sound and I need that like mixed in between, like infused. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I really I enjoy uh, Still Tipping by Mike Jones. Like I'll bump that, you know, uh-huh. going to work at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. But uh, I really did enjoy it. And like you said, I, I like how he reps where he's from, but he still shows love to like the surrounding southern parts. So you, yeah. you can see he, he's pulling influences and he's giving that respect back. Absolutely. Um, what was I about to say? Yeah. Um, the Chopped and Screwed stuff. So I would occasionally... I can't remember the DJ. It's another DJ. DJ like Ron C or something like that, but he'll take popular albums that somebody's put out and then he'll chop and screw them. Um, and he's been doing this for years. And so yeah. occasionally I'll listen to some of them and I, I definitely get what you mean about how you got to take the chopped and screw parts in like bits and pieces, because sometimes when I'm listening to a song that I already know and they chop and screw it, it throws me off. Cause I just want to sing the, the original song, but then they just like, flip it back and reverse it. And I'm like, ah, I, but I was listening to the song. <laughs> yeah. Flip it back, reverse it, draw it out a little bit. So it's like, damn. <laughs> yeah. I, so I definitely, I definitely get what you're saying. It's like, I, it's, it's hard sometimes with like the whole song is kind of like that, but when you like mix it in, like they did here, I think it, it works a lot better. Um, so the next one is outer space. Um, Tay Beast uh, produced this one. So, this is another, you know, popular producer um, that Craig got on here. Um, I like the production. It sounded, it actually sounded kind of futuristic and like spacey and shit. Um, but the song as a whole, I thought was just decent. Like, I feel like my ears started losing steam around this point. Like, and like, like Learn From Texas was a good way to like get the energy back up. But then this one just kind of like brought me back down to mid, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what you mean. And it's like, I don't understand why I was losing steam because his last album was a double album. It was like 30 minutes long, yeah, but I was engaged the whole time. <laughs> but something about this one, it's like some of the songs just kind of take you out of the vibe that he was setting. Uh, what'd you think about Outer Space? Uh, I, I actually liked it. Um, I thought one of the lyrics, it was like, phone me home now in my uh-huh. zone now. I, I, I like that bar. Um, I liked the chorus. It was decent. And then the second verse, I really enjoyed the second verse for some reason. I thought it was pretty dope. Okay. The lyricism. But like you said, I, I did start losing steam about two, three tracks, tracks ago. <laughs> you know, so I'm just like, all right, okay. And then, yeah, it's, it's a long album. I think if he would have went a little bit shorter, maybe cut some songs, I think he would have been okay. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's not, and like you said, his Forever is a Mighty Long Time. It does have a lot of tracks, but it was more engaging. Mm-hmm. Some of these tracks probably could have been maybe throwaways mm-hmm. yep. or uh, something, something else. <laughs> and, and, you know, forever is a mighty long time had like a, a concept. So even when like maybe a song by itself wasn't necessarily like up to par, like the fact that everything kind of fit together into this puzzle, into this like nice package kind of made you stay like tuned in because like he was, you know, telling a story throughout the whole album. And when you have an album that isn't necessarily telling a story, uh, it, it can be hard to like make you stick around for a lot of those just okay songs. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think, and not that he can't just like, you know, make an album just to like give us some music, like yeah. sure. And like, I did like a number of songs on here, but I can see why it didn't like hit us the same way that his last album might have. 
most uh, definitely. And, and the same thing you said with the, the story of, about to say high beams. I, I enjoyed high beams. For yes. The yep. Uh, I thought uh, it had a great, great story. Yeah. Um, this, this one definitely got me back into it where I was like, okay, like, like, all right, I'm back in this. I really like this song. Um, it was so different from the music that Crit normally makes, but like, like I really, really liked it. His delivery and how he was kind of half singing really worked for me. Um, the production was low key and it just kind of took a back seat to Chris performance. Like, yeah, I really messed with this song. And it featured that Wolf DeMichaels dude who produced a few songs on the album. Yeah, he, he was a, uh, he was good. Honestly. I mean, his production on his other song was good. And then he came through with the feature. Not mm-hmm. bad. Uh, I honestly, again, I thought this was another great song that really solidified Crit's production team. Yes, absolutely. And um, I, I hope on his next album that he he comes in and like produces a few of his own songs and also brings back um, like some of the best producers. Like if his next album is produced by him, Rico Love, this Wolf DeMichael's cat, like like that production is going to be crazy. So like he needs to keep these people around for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, so then the, the second to last track was called Life in the Sun. It features Camper or DJ Camper. Um, who also produced uh, produced a couple of the tracks. He produced the intro crit here, and he produced Make It Easy. Um, so uh, a trend of getting people who produce songs on this album to actually feature as well. Um, what do you think about Life in the Sun? So this is one of the songs I downloaded, actually. Okay. Because uh, I actually really enjoyed it. It, it sounds like it's a, it's a coming of something. Yes. Um, and then that makes sense for the producer because he did the critics here and that had the same kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've never heard of Camper, but I do think he's a pretty decent singer. He really made the chorus uh, what it is. And Crit came through and he just laid down, laid down some verses and it was honestly dope. I, I enjoyed it. It's a nice, chill, laid back song. But it definitely feels like it has a purpose. I enjoyed the, the piano. Yes. And yep. Crit's rapping. I just I just let it play. That's exactly what I wrote. I was like, I love Crit's flow and the simple chords that kind of drove the melody. It was perfect. I could have used another verse of this song, honestly. Like if you had just like eliminated one of the other songs and just did two more verses on this one, it would have been, the album would have been way better. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing, actually. Yeah, like, and yeah, I hadn't heard of Camper before either, but like his voice was like the perfect compliment to Crit's rapping. Like, I really like this. This is a nice... This is a nice track to uh, to throw at the end of the album because it really like it really solidified. It was like okay, yeah, like Crit is Crit is dope and he he has great collaborators, um, and it's made me excited for like you know more music from him. Um, so then the final track, uh, the five minute long final track, <laughs> <laughs> was Mississippi. Uh, what did you think about the album closer? So. I thought it was a great closer. In my opinion, he could have ended it a song ago if he wanted to, because that was yeah. a good vibe. But yeah. I do still enjoy this song as a closer. Uh, it's got that common Kanye, J. Cole, uh, B vibe, the song B, with that, oh, yeah. uh, that strum of, of like the jazz blues. Yep. And, and that entire beat, the entire song just makes me feel like I'm in a nice little cozy mu- music spot. You know, yes. during like some old school jazz blues era, you know, and he he really integrated a lot of great sounds. Um, if I was good at naming instruments, I, I would name them all. But all the <laughs> instruments that was on there it was it was great. He really in, encapsulated them all, and his verses were dope. And it was a good closer. Honestly, it was a feel good closer. I agree. I I thought it was an incredible way to close the album. Um, I, I I did write down some instruments. I don't even know if they're the right ones, but I was like, this sounds like a trumpet. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like that jazzy instrumentation with the trumpets, the, the bass, sound like he might've had an organ in there. And then just like the organic snapping as well. I thought the production was great. And like, I was reading into this, apparently um, they they made this this song, this production, this jazzy production. And he was like, yo, I can't even like, I can't even like like rap to this like write rap to this. So he just freestyled the whole thing. Like he was just like, "Yo, I I can't I can't even like 
the beat is so different that I can't even like think of like stuff to write to this. So they just like played it and he just, he just freestyled all of the verses that he gave to us, um, which might explain the like acronym that he did for Mississippi. Cause he like, he like says in the song, maybe I'm so Southern. I sometimes scare ignorant people's perception of independence as an acronym for Mississippi. And I was like, I was like, that seems like something that maybe he just freestyled. Like maybe he was just started talking and that's what came out and it makes sense, but it's just like, it's, it's so, so many words. It's like, I, I can't imagine that he just like, he like sat down and came up with it. Like maybe it just came to him. Um, But yeah, the vibe was incredible. Um, It was a fun way to end the album. I like that he brought Chico and Carlos back for the outro skit. Um, them realizing that now that the album's over, they just got to wait again. Um, that was a pretty funny way to end the album. Yeah, he he really did a good job. Uh, as much as it doesn't have that that thing that makes this whole thing kick, mm-hmm. there was a lot of great uh, individual songs, I guess, rather than the overall project. Yes. There's yep. something for everybody here. I agree. And while I might not go back and listen to this entire album again, like from from track one to track 16, I definitely gained some more individual tracks that I had slept on my first listen this time around. So instead of like four, I got like maybe eight songs that it's like, okay, I'm gonna listen to these, throw these in a playlist um, and they're dope. Got a greater appreciation. I appreciate you for selecting this album. You know, let me let me come back to it. Oh yeah, no problem. I um, I'm, I'm glad I went back to it too because like I I just felt so guilty because I've you know all of Crit's other albums have gotten endless plays like <laughs> like probably in the like the the dozens to a hundreds, and this one just didn't get the same. And I was like, man, is it because there was just so much good music in 2019 that I just I just forgot about it because that'll happen. Um, the album comes out and then you get like five other good albums that year and you just forget about some other ones. Um, but like, I, I think it was it was, it was was kind of earned. Like there was something different about this album. Crit was taking a victory lap. He, he didn't bring, you know, all of that greatness to this album that he has on his past ones. Um, and that's fine. You know, it's just different than what I think I was I was used to getting, but he still gave us a lot of gems. So um, I'm, I'm very interested to see what he does next, because if if this was Crit is here, like, like what's next for Crit? Like what's on his career checklist? And I'm, I'm interested to see. I know I've seen a couple features by him this year or, or I guess 2020. Um, but I'm interested to see if he'll he'll drop an album. He usually drops every two or three years. So I wouldn't be surprised if he drops an album this year. We'll see. Yeah, I'll definitely keep him on my radar. I got some newfound respect for the guy. So all you uh, all you people out there that think I don't like the South, <laughs> you're wrong, okay? <laughs> it's a different sound. <laughs> exactly. You've proven it. You've proven it this time because you, you really liked um, a number of songs on Deontay's and Spilligion. So, you know, you know, I, you know, I don't think any of the, the Southern people can come at you anymore. <laughs> Hopefully not. All right. I'm out here for you guys. I'm out here. <laughs> so um, that concludes um, the fourth installment of our track by track series. Um, definitely had a lot of fun talking about all of these albums, rediscovered, you know, so many songs across all of them. Um, and who knows, we definitely might, might, you know, run this back for some other albums, you know, collaborations are endless. Um so thank you definitely and thank uh, DJ uh, for joining me in this collaboration. This was a lot of fun. Um, uh, you got anything you want to plug for the people? Yo, yo, I just want to say thank you for having us as well. We've had a lot of fun. You're our first collab. We're a new podcast. So this has been dope, dope experience. Uh, follow us on Instagram if you got it at small victories and side notes underscore pod. And uh, keep up with us. Special shout out to you again for having us. We appreciate it, man. This, I love talking hip hop with other hip hop heads. You know, it's really weird when you got to keep it all inside. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I um, I'm always trying to have guests on the show because it's you know, because my my show is is generally just me 
talking at myself to to a microphone for like an hour at a time yeah um so i i always embrace like doing stuff with guests because it's just so much easier to like bounce ideas off of other people and to like get that conversation going when you got somebody to talk to so i definitely thank you all um for joining me on this um thinking outside the boombox you already know totb the podcast on instagram facebook and twitter also thinking outside the boombox.com um yeah yeah that's where you can find us uh thank you all again for tuning in subscribe rate and review both of our podcasts um listen to all our old episodes yeah this has been thinking outside the boombox and small victories and side notes peace peace Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.